Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Welcome to Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air Global Network with more than 4 million listeners. I am your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Jessica Hamilton. Jessica was born in Australia but grew up in Canada. She has lived and worked in the Czech Republic, Taiwan, India, and Japan. She studied writing at the Humber School for Writers as well as George Brown College. She lives in Ontario, Canada with her husband, son, and daughter. Her debut novel is titled What You Never Knew, and her second novel, Don't You Dare, they are both thrillers and published by Crooked Lane Books. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you. Um, you know, I chose uh, a quote from this book for my uh, quote of the week last week or a week and a half ago now. Um, that was super fun. So tell our listeners about Don't You Dare. Okay, well, it's um, from the point of view of Hannah, who is a 36-year-old uh, stay-at-home mom, and she's not very happy in her marriage. And she did have a career at one point, but certain circumstances led her to leave it. So she's feeling pretty unfulfilled in life when a college um, boyfriend arrives back on the scene. And um, there's also a dual timeline to this novel, which is when Hannah is in college with this friend uh, slash boyfriend who's arrived back, Thomas. And when they were in college, it was Thomas, Hannah, and her best friend, Scarlett, who created this a trio of friends. And they played something called the daring game, where they would dare each other to do different things. And it just you know, the stakes got upped as, as they do, and then things went very wrong. And so uh, they scattered to different places and Hannah hasn't seen Thomas for 16 years. So he arrives back and he wants to start playing the game again. And because she's unhappy in life and bored and feeling unfulfilled, she jumps at the chance. And of course, uh, things go very wrong and uh, they are playing the game. It turns into an affair. And uh, then all of a sudden someone starts sending them dares and they don't know who that is. And it's clear that that person knows their secrets. So that's sort of it in a nutshell. Yes. And it's lots of fun twists and turns with that. So, you know, the, the dual timeline, which you mentioned, I think is really interesting. And, and of course, one of the timelines um, is being a middle-aged woman with young children, which uh, a lot of us can identify with and right. the other is in college which is such an interesting time of sort of change and you know and discovery can you tell us why that appealed to you what, you know what were your thoughts on sort of taking these guys back to college uh it wasn't I, this novel went through quite a few different uh variations and i i hadn't i really hadn't intended it um and it was in one of the the last revisions actually that I put in this this timeline. And I had just read so many great books that had that. Uh, the girls, the girls are not so nice here by Laurie Elizabeth Flynn. I think that's yeah. that's the first one that comes to mind. I just loved having the the different timelines and going back to that time of life. And I I knew that I want it was a game that needed to start in youth, the daring game. It made more sense to start there and then have yeah. them sort of try to recapture the fun and excitement of youth by bringing that back. So it just made sense in the end to give the, because what I was trying to do originally was work that backstory in within the present day timeline. And it just, 
it felt a bit too clunky and a bit boring, I thought. So um, having it go back and forth uh, was fun to play with. And I was able to get their backstory in with a little bit more detail. And I've, I've actually found the responses to it. People, so many people say they love dual timelines, which yeah. I guess I did too, but I didn't even think of it until yeah. I, I sort of saw it said that way. Yeah. It worked really well for this story, for sure, especially, you know, setting up the the friendship between those, um, the group. So can you tell us, do you remember what inspired the story? I know sometimes the seeds of these things are fleeting, but do you remember where it came from? I do. <clears throat> it was actually a really long time ago now. Uh, I just had a dream about, I had, a, it was a really, really strange dream about a couple that were having an affair, but it was all through um, a notebook. And through writing, they wrote to each other what they, you know, what the affair was instead of it actually happening in, in real time. And then I tried, it was, it was an interesting concept and I tried to make that work, but it, you know, it, it doesn't um, to have people just writing about what they would be doing in an affair. It's a little bit boring, really. Um, so it, that was the, that was the seed and it grew from there to then, okay, they're playing a game, the notebook is sort of the back and forth yeah. of yeah. the game that leads to the affair that, you know, so that's that's the seed of it. You sort of incorporated that, the seed of the original story into this one, that makes total sense. You know, a big mm -hmm. part of this book is really about how well uh, we know the people that we love and live with um, and are married to in some cases, right? Um, is that something yeah. that interests you? Oh, definitely, especially, I mean, to me, I'm married, but I still find the concept of marriage fascinating, and I'm still not completely sold on it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I hear that. You, sure. Yeah, you know, you're you're put together with a person. You you choose someone for life. I mean, it's it's for life, and you are supposed to know one another so well and um, be so committed, but that's not really how human nature works. People grow and change and things happen. You know, there's trauma within a marriage or, you know, um, loss. And, and so um, I just, I do find it fascinating to play with the dynamics of, of a married couple and what pulls them apart or brings them back together or, um, you know, what secrets are kept because I do believe everybody has secrets in a marriage, not in a marriage, just again, it's human nature. So. I just, I do find, I do find it very interesting. Yeah, that is, thank you. I think that is so, that is exactly right. And we are so much more complex than one person can, you know, fill all the needs for us, right? Um, right. And, I, you know, coming back to Hannah and sort of, you know, mother of two children and, you know, her main job is working in the home, which is obviously a real job. We all know how much work that is. And in fact, um, I personally prefer to go to a, a job away from the yeah. home. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a, you know, we can see um, ourselves in Hannah. I think a lot of, a lot of women can, and, and obviously probably some, some stay-at-home dads as well. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, how did Hannah come to be? Is that, is she sort of somebody who you, you know, relate with, which, you know, I think, like we said, we all do probably. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, when I started writing this book, I was, in a similar place uh, where I was, I was writing and wanting to make that a career that worked, but it, you know how difficult that is and it takes time. And um, I was having to work at other things that, that didn't feel as fulfilling. And, but, but I was more um, a stay at home mom than anything. 
um, because my husband was a teacher and so it's hard to have two adults working like that and and um, so it was easier for me we owned income properties too so I managed those and just I was at home and feeling quite unfulfilled as well and thinking what a strain that can be on a marriage and mm -hmm. how resentment can can grow and um, and how the person staying at home doing everything starts to become invisible because you know everything is running so smoothly the kids are taken care of you know dinner's made the house is clean and um right they lose they lose themselves in that identity and they don't have other people to talk to at work and and to validate them or make them feel like a separate individual so i i was feeling that when i started writing the novel and i've moved out of that um you know i i started writing this in my later 30s and now i'm 48 so um, I, you do move out of it. I mean, I think um, it can be a, a period of time in your life. And if you just sort of keep at it and, you know, I'm, I'm still married to the same person. So <laughs> well, there you go. Now. You're winning. Yeah. You're winning. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that's right. Like, the, you know, and the other, the other big, huge factor of being that, the, you know, the stay at home parent is the, there's no pay. Right. So the, per, the other, the income is generally that all comes from the other side. And then there's this sense of like, you know, not having any of your own money is a is a thing for a lot of women. Sounds like you had some um, properties, which you know is great. But I think all of those things and that's those things all come into Hannah's uh, experience, and I think that is um, you know that's really relevant. And and that you know sort of another big theme of this is sort of the thrill, right, and mm -hmm. the danger of the risks that we're willing to sort of take um, to just like in you know make our lives a little more interesting. Um, and I'm, and for, you know, for both of them. So um, I thought that was really interesting as well. You mentioned that you, this was a different iteration. So um, can you talk, can you talk about sort of what, you know, the process of this book, was this the first book you wrote and then you wrote um, what you never knew and then you came back or how did that work? Uh, yes, that's right. I, well, I originally, I, I wrote, I wrote a YA uh, to, it was, a, that was the first full length manuscript I had. And um, I had another agent with that and uh, that didn't go anywhere. So I tried my hand at a thriller, which I, yeah. I was reading at the time and really enjoyed. And that was Don't You Dare in a very different version. And it led to me finding another agent that was a little bit more interested in the thriller genre and um, who I still have now. And she's wonderful. Um, my first agent was great too, but it just, it seemed that it wasn't working the same way um, with with this where I was going in this new direction, and um, we submitted that. It was out on submission for quite a while, and I didn't get any takes on it. I I did a revision based on an editor's um, suggestions, and then it still didn't get picked up. So I wrote uh, my debut, "What You Never Knew," and um, that that got picked up pretty quickly it was it was a real surprise it's wonderful and so after I had started writing other novels and then I thought well I just I couldn't let this one go I thought you know there's just enough in there that I feel like I don't want to just um you know shelve it so I I went back I did quite a big revision where I brought in the the dual timelines and added some new elements and uh and then we submitted it to Crooked Lane, who was the, the publisher of my debut, and, and they were interested, which was was great. So yeah, it, this is my, you know, it, it, this happens, I think, to a lot of authors, their first, they come back to and it becomes their second, but really, it's their first. So 
Yes, yeah. in fact, the same exact thing happened to me. So I think that is really, really common. So it sounds yeah. like this has been a really long process for you. And I want to kind of, I, that's not something, you know, that's not something I've talked to a lot of um, women about in the, in the process. Um, so tell us about that. Like, I mean, there's so, there's so many, I think, aspiring authors who listen to the podcast and, and want to hear sort of, you know, what it, it takes so much tenacity and perseverance to keep doing this when there's no payoff. So um, can you talk about that? You know, what, what kept you at it? Um, why, you know, why didn't you just say, oh, forget it. This is too hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I almost did many times, but I just, uh, I, I have dreamt of being a published author since I was a kid. You know, I, I used to say that I was um, not having kids or getting married. I was moving to New York and I was just going to be a writer there. Um, and life had different plans for me, which was great. Uh, but I just, I did, I, it was, that was my dream from a young age. And uh, I did other things in between. And, and then when my kids got a little bit older, I started thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to write a novel. And then because, you know, if you get even just enough interest with the first one, I think that kind of keeps you going like, okay, I got an agent with the first one. Right. So there's something there. I, ha I have something um, then that didn't get picked up. And I, and because you people write because they love writing and so to make myself feel better about not getting the first novel published I just kept writing and so there's the love of writing that kept me in it but also just also getting the little bits along the way the you know getting a new agent that it was great and then getting good feedback but just not quite enough of you know to get a book deal so it just kind of keeps you it strings you along in a way I think Right. Yeah. But I actually think you make a really good point. And I'm not sure everybody who's trying, who's aspiring to be a writer really appreciates the fact that you really have to write for the love of writing. Like I took a year off and it was like, I have to write, like I couldn't not write. And I think if I, if I could have not written, I probably would yeah. have not written because it's so isolating. It's so insecure. The, you know, the payoffs are you know, a few and far between and all those things. Yeah. So you really do it because you just love the process of telling a story. Um, so tell us, you know, when you wrote that first, when you first wrote Don't You Dare, did you write, were you a pantser or a plotter? And has that evolved and changed in the time that you've been writing? I've always been a plotter, but not, um, not a rigorous sort of, uh, you know, really regimented one. I, I, have to have some plot points and I have to know where I'm going and yeah. then as I go along it's okay if that changes and then I might sort of um restructure the 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 plot plan but um I I I really cannot imagine sitting down and just starting to write and I mean I spend about from the start of the seed to when I actually sit down to writing I I need a couple or a few months to have it really germinate and then uh, just jot down things and then uh, brainstorm and then turn it into more of a structured plan. And then uh, I do some, a little bit of character work, but uh, I'm not, I'm not so good with the character work though. I, you know, how some, some people will do the, their favorite ice cream, you know, things that happened to them as yeah. a child. I, I can't, I can't quite go that, that deep. Um, I just get sort of bored. And I, and I also find the characters, show themselves a bit more as I write. So yes, I'm a, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I plot 
in in terms of the story but not as much with the characters yeah and when you're doing that you know is it end up it sounds like you start sort of with notes and build it out do you, uh, do you end up with like sort of a word document that has all the chapter by chapter kind of stuff or you know how detailed do you get I usually do try to I mean it, it might be a, a, a document with only 24 actual what seems like chapters Mm -hmm. And it's just the main plot points with details that happen within that scene or, um, and then they slowly grow as, as I, mm -hmm. as I write the novel. Yeah. You're like, I need another chapter here to get from here to the next place. So then that becomes, right. you know, the, I got that totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, now in between these two books, have you written other books that you sort of shelved or? Um, I have, I, in between uh, when I, when after what you never knew and while I was waiting on Don't You Dare to Hear, I started another novel and I got about a hundred pages in and I was enjoying writing it, but I really, I just kept thinking, I don't really know what the point of this is. Mm -hmm. And I kept changing like, oh no, it'll be because of this or it'll be because of this. And then when Don't You Dare was picked up and I knew, okay, I have to do revisions, I left it. And um, I then I had a dream that sparked another idea. And so I'm now um, 70 pages into that one. And I think That's that one's exciting. gonna stick. Yeah, cause I can yeah. see, I know, I know what, where it's going. So, and then I also started another one but I only got about 20 pages. And so I do that, I will, I will get really excited about, actually I have three. I have three <laughs> novels that I started and just start sitting on my computer. So but we'll that's see. nice to no, know, like yeah. you have, you know, it just depends on which one sort of calls to you, right? Because there is mm -hmm. part of this, it's like you say, you have to have the magic to sustain a whole book. So mm -hmm. if you're feeling like even at 100 pages, which is painful, right? Because that's a lot of words yeah. to put aside. Yeah. But if you're feeling like, I'm not really sure how this is going to work, then, you know, that's sort of the warning sign. And who knows? I mean, it's, I love that you, these come from dreams. Maybe you'll have a dream where you figure it out, right? Yeah. Are you I can somebody only hope. Yeah, are you somebody who keeps like pad and paper by your bed? Because yeah, it sounds like I uh, have. Yeah, you get up I and do. scroll things down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find too though that I have more ideas than than time uh, mm -hmm. to write the novels. I just feel like the ideas come uh, from dreams and from bits of conversation I might hear. I saw you or I mean a TikTok video today that. Now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to use that in a, you know, it's a really creepy thing. So um, yeah, I, I find there's no shortage of ideas. It's, it's more of time and um, how much effort I have to put into it. Right, right. And do you keep your ideas somewhere? Do you have like a, you know, yeah. that's, I think that's not super common. I, for one, usually only have one idea at a time. And of course I finished a book, which I've just done. And I think, oh my God, that's it. That was my last idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never sell, I'll never write another book. <laughs> so yeah. I think, and I know people who have, you know, they do the, the ideas are a dime a dozen, but it's not for, it's not everybody. So. Um, oh, okay. I thought maybe it was, um, yeah. But I mean, again, I, I can fall in love with an idea and then an hour and a half later think, meh you know yeah but I'll, yeah. I'll still write it down to see if it if it'll come back later or something yeah it's I mean right yeah I think that it never hurts even sometimes I think if you have partial ideas just reading through them sometimes give you gives gives you a totally different idea right yeah um, yeah yeah so you're working on a third your third book right now or your third you know published book can you tell us a little bit about it or 
to spoil the magic. I totally understand everyone's a little different. Yeah, it's so, I mean, I'm so in the preliminary and I mean, I've, I actually haven't, I haven't told my agent about it. I haven't told anybody about it, but I am looking to, with this one, it's, it deals with some, uh, with, some, you know, ideas that it's not sort of a straightforward thriller. Um, I like the idea of, of looking in or getting into some more supernatural elements and things, which in my first novel, uh, there was a ghost protagonist. So there was that element and I find that interesting. So there's something to do with parallel lives in this one. And, um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. But not, sort of not sliding. like sliding doors. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait. Everyone, yeah. Whenever I say parallel lives, people are like, oh, like sliding doors. I'm like, no, it's not like a pretty story like that it's it's yeah. darker <laughs> yeah. okay well yeah, yeah. That, that sounds amazing I love it so okay so um tell us don't you dare comes out on May 16th May 16th and I think our um, yeah. interview will launch right about that exact time okay. and we will be giving away a, a final copy um, of the book so I'm hoping we can get um your PR folks to send us one because that's always yeah, super yeah. fun to um, to give it away and have you pop in. Tell um, our listeners where they can find you, website, um, all that, you know, all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's jessicahamilton.org for my website. And I'm jhamiltonwrites on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. And I say Twitter, but I am never on Twitter. So don't even bother. I cannot get a handle on that. <laughs> I'm not, I, that is hard for me too. Now tell me about TikTok. I'm just curious because I think TikTok is equally like, you know, a conundrum. Yeah. How long have you it been is. on there and what do you think of it? It is. Um, well, my first experience with it was great. I made one and again, I, it was right with my debut. My daughter who is 14 now at the time she was 12 and she was um, all about TikTok and she was showing me these book videos that people were doing where they say it's like their story, but it's really their book. Um, yeah. And so uh, I, I said, okay, I'll, I'll make one. And I, I did it a little bit differently because I actually filmed, I didn't want to be talking myself on there so much. So I just, I did some filming of the, the novel takes place on an island in a cottage setting. So I went to my cottage, filmed some island stuff and, um, got my son to run through the woods with his hood up to be scary and um, yeah and then and so I made this what I thought was a really silly TikTok video but it had over a million views and then I I got 16,000 followers and my book sold out on Amazon and at Target and it was really hard to find because I don't think my publisher expected you know I have a smaller publisher so I don't know if they expected there to be sort of a surge but it it did I mean, I, I wasn't on the New York Times bestseller be list because of it, but um, it, I think it yeah. certainly bumped up my sales in that, in that moment. Yeah. I mm -hmm. love it. Well, I'm going to go check that out because I think that is so interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'm, it's really good to have a young kid who's like interested in yeah. explaining um, how those things work for, for those of us who are a yeah. little bit older. Well, well, I love that. Well, um, so we can check you out. Jay Hamilton writes. Um, and then jessicahamilton.org. Don't you dare. I really enjoyed this book and I pulled a quote from it. A funny, um, I mean, funny, dark, funny quote. Uh, those are my favorite. Really dark humor is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from it, for my, um, for my Instagram um, quote of the week. In fact, my very first one. So thank you so much, Jessica. It was really fun to thank talk you. to you. Yeah, Super excited for people 
to um, to get a chance to read this and then go back and read what you never knew and to look forward to the next book. Great, thank you so much. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us today on Killer Women with our guest, Jessica Hamilton, and we will see you next time. Bye.